Welcome to the first episode of the Dork Knights, the podcast that the internet deserves, but not the one it needs. Or, you know, asked for. Or wanted. Or or really even, you know. I, I guess I guess my point is it's it's getting it anyway. Um I am MB. Uh, I am the bogus birdman. Oh god. Yeah, right. and that's that's basically the podcast that we have in the store is that we are trying to capture a five year over five year friendship that uh, uh neither of us have been able to discern. Yeah, some people call it, you know, borderlines on being uh erotic, you know, uh dominating, you know, a little uh sadomasochistic at times. But you know, what what we're trying to do is basically a social experiment. I would call it, is that we're trying to dissect the other one's brain. He's trying to figure out why Adams wants the Jehovah's Witness. I'm trying to figure out why he's, you know, in the Deep South uh, with with a pitchfork and, you know, a Klansman uniform. Well, that's a little, uh, that's a little stereotypical, man. You know, I got the Klansman outfit, but, you know, we traded in the pitchforks for shotguns a long time ago. Oh, my bad. It's, it's interesting that we bring that up, because I don't think we ever really had an origin for that. You, you Basically, mean, for you being a Klansman, basically I, what I mean is that you hail from the South, so obviously you're a racist. Yes, by default. Just, yeah. Yeah, just like, you know, you were telling me earlier, you're only half inbred. Exactly, yes. You know, my parents were distantly related, so, you know. I'm all right. Uh, my eyes kind of, you know, they're not exactly, they're not cross-eyed, but they're kind of, they don't stay focused sometimes. And, you know, I got 11 toes, but, you know, I make up for it, though, by only having nine fingers. I, I like it. I like it. Um, so, uh, so there's one thing, too, we also, you know, talk about, even, you know, we have a lot in common, but even though we both hail from such different backgrounds... Which is odd because I live in the most southern-esque northern state that there is in this country. Exactly, and also you know you were raised in a cult, so there's that. <laughs> Meanwhile, you were speaking in tongues. Exactly. That's exactly how they sounded. Um, but yeah, you know, despite being what nearly a thousand, living nearly a thousand miles apart from each other, and being from different backgrounds, you know, we have something we can bond over, and that, of course, is our love of funny books. Yeah, those, uh, you know, ridiculous things that, you know, make a million dollars in the box office. Exactly. Yeah, I thought, see, I thought comic books, they were just, you know, for movies now, but, you know, someone told me I was wrong. Well, you know, it's it's interesting that you bring that up, because both of us, I think it's safe to say that both of us were introduced to comic books through movies, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and cartoons and and other mediums that weren't yeah. the actual source. So it's it's kind of weird to think about it in that context. Is that you know my first introduction to the X Men was you know the animated series. Yeah, uh, same here, and same way with uh, Batman and Spider Man. You know, with the animated series and the the Burton films. That's the way I, I grew up. Uh, yeah. With my heroes. Donner films for Superman. Yeah. But, um, uh, anyway. But we've become lifelong fans of the genre. That's true. 
probably um, even probably even more than that to be honest is that we a lot of what we do centers around that yes <laughs> i don't know if that's something we should be proud of or something that we should you know hang our heads and cry i know i cry oh, oh i have a tattoo on my bicep that says you know funny books for life really huh. i'm not that committed yet but you know maybe someday yeah one day so um We'll probably talk a lot about comic books during this show or whatever it is. I'm not sure what it is. It may be a faint recording from an unknown uh, section of the internet that will never be seen. But, but God damn it, we'll make it work. <laughs> I prefer to think of it as more or less, not so much as a podcast as it is an abomination on the internet. And, you know, that's saying something considering... All the abomin ab- abomination abominable shit there is out there on the internet, you know. Yeah, I like to think actually that we're uh, setting the course straight, that we're pioneering the movement towards a better internet. It's like uh, us and two girls in one cup. <laughs> oh. Except you know, there, there's only there's only partial semen. <laughs> yes, two guys, one cup. That's what we should call this: two guys, one cup. It's not too late to call it that. Yes, exactly. Um, okay, so I'm going to direct your attention to a story that recently broke out in the comic book world. Yes. Um, DC has just announced that they're going to do a couple of Watchmen prequels. <laughs> yeah. They just literally announced that uh, Andy Cooper is going to be doing the Night Owl prequel. Uh, Darwin Cook's going to be doing the Comedian prequel. My question is, like, you and I both have read Watchmen. Um, I read it later than you. I read it in, I would say, 2007. Uh, yeah. When did you first read it? Uh, I don't know, 2000. 2000 I read it. I mean, I read it, I barely read it before you did, maybe 05 or 06, I think. Okay, so we're we're both rather latecomers to the whole Watchmen yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. But it it was still a really good book. I think it captured our imagination to some degree. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you've 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 gone out and performed a few lynchings that are, were inspired by Rorschach. Well, yeah, well, not so much lynchings as you know, I've used a match and hairspray to set people on fire. But, yeah, you, you, know, you leave a little note that's that has an ink blot and it says yes. "bird." I don't know how much I should get into that because I yeah. don't know if it's this you know, conversation could you know it's being recorded so. I'll just say, yeah, at the time of those burnings, I was somewhere with plenty of people to establish an alibi. Exactly. So DC decided to do the prequels after the success of the movie, I'm guessing. Um, Of course. My question is, how, like, when's the time to say enough? Like, when's the time to, like, leave something alone, you think? Probably (laughs) when it stops making money. You know, that's probably going to be the only time that they would ever quit, you know, trying to use the cash cow because, you know, this prequels, I mean, I guess, I mean, it sounds all right. You know, I'm not one of those people who think that, you know, Watchmen is the holy grail and be all end all of storybook, uh, comic book telling and, you know, should never be touched and the character should never be touched. But, uh, like I said, I think if, if if people buy it, they're gonna keep doing it, you know. And I'm just waiting for uh, the inevitable Watchmen babies 
to uh, <laughs> to pop up. Saturday morning Watchmen. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Basically, is that I don't think that they should necessarily exist as untouched. I don't think the characters are really that. I mean, first of all, the characters were inspired by Charlton comic books characters. Yeah. So they're uh, they're knockoffs because. Well, it's the same thing with Alan Moore's Miracle Man. Is that for for many years, like they said, Miracle Man shouldn't be touched, and then all of a sudden Grant Morrison came in, and it was a different story. Yeah, uh, see, that's what I was gonna say too. You talking about them being what you call it, the Watchmen characters? You know, the the only reason that he used the characters he did, you know, was because DC wouldn't let him. Yeah, the DC DC wouldn't let him fuck up. You know, uh, Captain Adam and like the question. And uh, <laughs> who else was it? Blue Beetle and all those folks. I think he, Nightshade was supposed to be uh, the Silk Spectre. Yeah, and yeah, he didn't want new DC. <laughs> like, no, uh, I mean, this is a good story and all, but you do that shit to some new people. <laughs> what gets me is that it's like, at the time, were the Charlton characters really even that well known? Well, I don't think they were. They just, you know, I think that ties in again to what I was saying about them trying to make money. You know, those were characters that could be in their own books, you know, and if if they followed what Alan Moore wanted to do, it kind of limited them a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I can kind of see where that goes. It's like, to be honest, if he had done it with the Charlton characters, it probably would have been canon. Yeah. Rather than, you know, its own thing. Yeah, exactly, so. and that'd be kind of crazy, you know, like, now Batman's, you know, with uh, Captain Adam, it's like, you know, wasn't that weird that time that, you know, you destroyed Question's head, you know? Yeah. yeah. That was, kind of, that was, that was so, also crazy, yeah, man. That was the 80s. <laughs> That's literally a line in one of the books. Yeah, the, Captain that Adam. Shit, shit happened in the 80s, man. Yeah, Captain Adam's like, yeah, man, cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> uh, you know, Blue, Ted Corden and Nightshade in an off-again, on-again on relationship. Exactly, and yeah, Ted Corden's like this, you know, thing. he's still the, the fat loser guy, you know, who can only... He can only get it up when he's wearing a costume. Exactly. So it turns into like a whole fetishist thing. Yeah, I, 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 the more I think about it, the more Watchmen shouldn't have been continuity. But yeah, as far as the prequels, like I, I basically agree with what you were saying, is that the characters, they shouldn't exist in this bubble where they can't be touched. Like, I don't agree with that sentiment. Yeah. But I can't, I can't at least tell myself that it's like, they're only trying to do it to make money, so I don't know how I feel about it yet. It's I still got to see it. I would say that uh, you know if they have to do it, I like the idea of prequels better than you know. Oh uh, yeah, because oh, you know, yeah. he, and throughout what those twelve issues, you know, he sets up this big world, and you know, there's a lot of you know, history you can tell, and there's a lot of space navigating. Plus, also they got two pretty good guys who are you know, uh, writing the prequels. So, I mean, that's always good. So, yeah, uh, one thing I want to talk about, too, is uh, yeah. when, you know, when it comes to us, you tend to drag your feet sometimes when it comes to certain things. Would you agree? Yeah, I would say I have very uh, specific tastes, especially when it comes to comics. Yeah, and plus also, you know, you're a bit of a... I would say uh, a little bit of a whiny bitch when it comes to <laughs> things. You know? 
Well, to be fair, you do say that about a lot of things I do, so. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I think, you know, it's like what they say, you know, a fish has got to swim, a bird's got to fly, and uh, a whiny bitch has got to be a whiny bitch. (laughs) But... Uh, Excellent sentiment to live by. <laughs> uh, one thing too is, uh, you know, I know I've, I've tried to get you into TV shows, and I've kind of sort of given up on that. But I know when it comes to you know recommending comics, where you at least halfway listen to what I got to say, and I don't know over what's it been over the past month, I guess we said the past month. Yeah, I would say past month. And. Uh, I, I got caught up on the comic book series Scout, and, you know, I enjoyed it. And actually, I got caught up on it because uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, he's a big fan of it. And so, you know, I started recommending you to read, and, you know, through a lot of, you know, dragging your feet and <laughs> me, <laughs> read it, motherfucker, read it. You know, you finally, you checked out, how many have you checked out so far? I've read two issues. Two issues in. Which, to be fair, it feels like a whole, like I already read a whole arc because it's just so much content packed into each issue. Yeah. Um, so, uh. So. Basically, for those who don't know, basically Scalped is about, um, a rural area of the United States which is plagued by poverty, um, unemployment, and basically a high crime rate controlled by an Indian. Uh, mob boss called Red Crow and he stumbles across I would say sort of a drifter Indian who well he's he's a drifter but you know he has ties to the reservation you know he's a uh, his mother still lives there yeah and and it, actually in the first issue his mother yeah. spoilers his mother actually uh, ends up slapping him and assaulting him and all sorts of horrible stuff. It's it's really kind kind of genius. Fucker has it coming. Yeah, he does. But um, it's all about how this guy, uh, Bad Horse, is uh, he he's made uh, into the sheriff of this sort of corrupt police force under well, this Red Crow guy. Yeah, well, he's one of the deputies actually. That's one of the things that ties into it because Red Crow, you know, he's like the chief of the reservation. He's the head of uh, the new. Uh, Indian Casino, on top of being a sheriff for the, you know, for the for the uh, reservation. So he's pretty much just like, you know, you said he's a mob boss, but you know, it's like if a mob boss was the mayor, chief of police, and all that other good stuff for a town. He's basically a mob boss with a monopoly. Yeah. With a, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's basically an entire regime. Yeah. But. It's all very much based in Indian culture at the same time, which is, I think, I think very interesting, because you yeah. don't really see that side of, typically you don't see that side of Indian culture. You see, you know, basically, you know, them dancing around teepees and stere- a bunch of stereotypes that I'm sure you you love. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I think I love Scalp so much, because, you know, you have Indians who are alcoholics and gambling addicts, you know, they, they conform to their stereotypes so well, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just such a joy to read. But, no, um, you know, I, one of the reasons why I do like it is because, like you said, the Indian stuff, because there are whole parts, I don't know if you've seen it yet in the book, but, like, in other issues where, like, someone will be talking, and um, 
Dakota, you know, their native tongue. And I have no idea what they're saying, but just that sheer commitment for them to, you know, go out and figure out the Lakota language and put it down, you know, you know and, I, and have it make sense. You know, there have been a couple words in the first two issues. Yeah. Like, it's it's been very few and far in between, but a couple of words where you kind of, you you have to take a moment and step back and say, okay, what what was that? Like, yeah. like it's it's not like your typical foreign language. It's it's more of a, it's more of, I I don't want to say tongue, but it's it's they they play it as more of a just a commonplace sort of. Yeah, you, I mean, and it makes sense, you know, if all these folks grew up on a reservation all their lives, you know, and you know they know the language, then there's gonna be some slips every now and then. But yeah. I mean, it makes sense if you know, like you said, you. You might have to reread it uh, maybe once or twice, but you know if you see it in context, use your context clues. Uh, they taught you in school, and it more or less makes sense whatever they're saying. Yeah, um, I would actually consider it on the same level of Walking Dead in that you wouldn't expect this of uh, this genre before. I, I don't think even before this time. Like, like honestly. I don't think you would have gotten away with this in the 90s or the 80s, even though stuff like Watchmen already existed and yeah. stuff like uh, Batman Dark Knight Returns and all that. Like, like stuff that's generally considered more mature, but Walking Dead and Scalped kind of take the whole idea of a more mature comic book and sort of turn it on its head and make it even more sort of dynamic and human. And it's... It's really good. It's it's really good humanistic storytelling that I really I can't recommend well enough. Uh, I'm probably gonna read the rest of it. Yeah, you got like uh, let's see, you're on issue two. I think you've got like fifty one more issues to go. So <laughs> get to reading. Yeah, get cracking. But one thing I do like about it is you know you were talking about that stuff and it seems like there's not too much like its genre is. It's not really in a specific genre. I mean, there's elements of crime. I think crime is the biggest one you call it. And you know, you know, I'm a sucker for that sort of stuff. But, yeah, for crime drones. Yeah, and in addition to crime, there's you know, it's almost got it's got like a neo western feel to it. I think like almost like a modern day western. Yeah, and, I could see that because it's. I mean, you literally have the sheriff on a horse. Yeah. Like, you have them. Uh, Fighting outlaws, you know, trying to keep the peace. Yeah, and you know, instead of it being bandits and robbers, you know, it's meth addicts with shotguns. You know, it's yeah, just, it's not even it's not even really like in a like a quote unquote city or a town. It's more of like just a there are a couple of buildings here and there, but it's mostly yeah. barren wasteland. That's how you know, especially out there, the uh, the Indian reservations are. You know, they're more or less communities and. Uh, one thing I do like is you'll you'll read yourself when you get to issue fifty, because there's this great little it's like issue, you know it's the anniversary issue so they do like a little flashback to one of Bad Horse's descendants when they're yeah. first putting the Lakota on the uh, reservation and you know he talks about how you know the white man sent them there to die but the whole reason that they stay there and the whole reason that they you continue to live despite the shitty conditions around is in a lot of ways their you know middle finger to 
you know, the people who put them there. You know, it's like, fuck you, you know. You you want me to die, but not only will I stay here, but, you know, I'm going to live. And, you know, my people will stay here. Just, just to show you. you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I it's, it's a very interesting uh, way that they handle the different races in the book. Is that, is that you have, you definitely have this presence of a white man in it the, through the media and stuff. But at the same time, it's it's just it's mostly Indian, so you you have to you really have to just kind of have a tolerance for for just like a different culture, a different way of thinking, a different way of approaching situations. Well, one thing too is you know there are hints at culture of what you know their the the way of life is, or but it's not like you know they're not full blown you know Indian Indian. I mean they're oh, still well, you know they they're modern day and you know they. You would never, you would never expect to see an Indian like this. Like, like I think in the first issue it was that uh, you're introduced to Bad Horse, and he literally breaks off like a, a pool cue, I think it is, a pool huh. stick, and says, uh, "Which, which one of you want to, you know, cry to Jesus?" Yeah, which one of you cocksuckers are going to be the first ones to cry to Jesus or something like that? Yeah, it's it's, oh god, Jason then, Aaron is like a really good. Writer, he he yeah. writes mostly for Marvel now, but it's pick it up. It's it's worth it's well worth reading. Uh, you know that that made me think. You were talking about him doing Marvel now. How does that work exactly? Because I figured you know he's doing a lot of work at Marvel. I yeah. figured Marvel would try to put him under contract. Well, he's know? probably he's probably not you know accepted a contract because he wants to finish out Scalp. Yeah, that's true. And I mean Scalp's coming to an end. And I think there's. Seven more issues left. I think this past month was issue 53. They're going to go to 60, and they're going to call it quits, I think. Or I know they're going to call it quits 60. But, no. but yeah. Pick it up, or else. Yes. You'll or get else. scalped. <laughs> or else we get a visit from the bogus birdman. Exactly. Or else you'll get scalped. <laughs> uh, that's, that's genius. But, uh, yeah, it's it's really... I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird thing to talk about because at the end of the day, they are still comic books, but yeah, there's so much more than that. I think that's one thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, I know there are a bunch of people who you know decry modern comics. You know how you know you know it's not what it's supposed to be. You know, it's supposed to be this. It's supposed to be this right here, and only <laughs> this. It's supposed to be in its little box where you all you do is you tell stories about superheroes. And capes who have special abilities, you know. And I just feel like it's like any other medium, you know, where there's just so much more you can do. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, it's like what medium is really tied down to a specific set of rules? Like, I don't think there is a medium where you you really have to follow only a certain set of obligations. Like, Like, when you think about it, video games, you can be a cowboy, you can be... um a sports star, you can be a superhero now because of the Arkham games. Yeah. You can be anything, essentially. You can even be a bad guy, thanks to the Grand Theft Auto series. Um, and it all works. It all works to please the you know, the fans of the medium. Uh, and I think the diversity is why there's such a big boom in video games. And you also have, you know, Television shows now. You know, you have one of the biggest television shows right now is Walking Dead, which started off as a comic book. Now it's 
now it's an AMC production, and you know, among the ranks of Breaking Bad and uh, Mad Men. Yeah. Um, have you been keeping up with the second season? Have you been watching it? The second season of Walking Dead. Um, I watched a little bit of it. I, I watched I watched an episode of it. Is what I is what I should say is that um, I made the mistake of watching it while it was on TV rather than yeah. going back Waiting. to the beginning. Yeah, going back to the beginning and really watching it in in order. Like I watched it when some some heavy heavy shit was going down, and uh, I mean even so, I really enjoyed it. Like it's yeah. it's a really character driven show. Uh, I watched the first season. Um, I haven't caught up with the second season yet, but the one of the reason why I was asked because I've noticed on the internet most people you know, it, was, it seems like this second season. You know, most people seem like they enjoyed the first season. You yeah, know, yeah. and but this season it seems like you either love it or you hate it for some reason. I don't know exactly. Well, I think I think the main thing is that people just aren't expecting it, didn't expect it to be so so driven on the characters themselves yeah. rather than just because there was in the first season I would say there was a big big balance of character and and zombie fighting because I mean that's basically what you boil it down to is that it's it's a zombie show yeah. and that's one thing that you know I thought when you know, I heard people talking about it you know it's supposed to be a zombie show with the zombies or you know take a back seat you know and it's really it's more about survival than it is about horror. But yeah. That's, but you know. I think, but watching watching the episode that I watched, have you have you seen any episodes of this season? No, uh, not at all. Uh, okay. Which so, one did, did you watch? The first one or? No, no, no. I watched I watched the uh, mid one. It was actually the penultimate one to the uh, uh, mid season finale. Yeah, that was last Sunday, I think. Yeah, this yeah. past Sunday. Yeah, the the finale was this Sunday, and then the episode before that is the one I watched. Um, so I'm gonna try to avoid spoilers because I know you. Well, also people listening don't want to hear that. But um, basically, what I think the problem is is that it's really just about them not going anywhere. Like it's it's not about survival anymore because they found a place to survive. Yeah, and. Uh, Basically, what they're doing there is that they're staying there and figuring out, you know, where to go next. It's it's all about sitting down and sort of taking in the world that they've inhabited. Because ever since season one started, they've been on the run. And uh, only now are they kind of dealing with their whole, what is it like to really live in a world that's kind of been destroyed by these, these monsters. Yeah, see, and that's something, you know, I think... I'd like to see, but I don't know. I, I can say that, but you know, without seeing the episode, you know, uh, I can't really say for sure because that's one of the claims I've seen. Some people say that it's boring, you know. Well, I mean, honestly, the, the episode that I watched was really interesting. I I don't know. I don't know if it's a reflection of the rest of the season. Like maybe that was the one good one out of the whole season. I'm not sure, but uh, it dealt with a lot of. There's a lot of storylines going on. Yeah. But they're all engaging. Like it takes a lot to capture my interest of a TV show. Like like you know this. I I don't really watch that much TV at all. Yeah. What is it? Uh, Mythbusters and Young Justice. Is that it? And reruns of Seinfeld. Yeah, basically. I mean, to get me into a TV show, it's is kind of like an act of God. Uh, 
Yes, even though I threatened you with many acts of God to watch Breaking Bad and off which and on. I, which, to be fair to me, I have gotten through like I think of like four or five episodes of that of the first season. I'm almost done. But you yeah, know, you've been you've stuck been... on like the next to last episode for what two months now. <laughs> yeah, I've I really got to get on that. But like I was saying, for me to get into a television show is is kind of it, it takes a lot. But Walking Dead is effortless. Like I can just sit down and get into that immediately because the characters are just so rich and the acting's so great. One and... thing, one thing, I, is it because subconsciously. You know, in the back of your head, one of the reasons why you're interested in this is because you know it's based off comic book? Um, I don't know about that, because I read some of the comic, and, I mean, it was good, but it's not, like, really my type of thing. Like, the comic book itself, um, I really liked the TV show a lot more than I did the comic, even though the comic, again, is is really good. I mean, it's Robert Kirkman writing it, so it's, it's got to be good. But, um... I don't know if it's necessarily that. Maybe, well, here's here's the thing. Maybe it has the elements of a comic book in that it's got more of a more of a focused characterization. Yeah, which a lot and of shows don't have. Don't also, think. I think too is that the storylines. I mean, I don't. I know. I don't. You know, the first season they kind of followed. You know, the first few issues relatively closely. You know, there were some things they changed. You know, yeah. uh, a couple big things, but I just think that you know, like comic books. I feel this way about novels too. After uh, the first season of Game of Thrones come on HBO, it just seems like with books and just books in general, it seems like TV is. So it just seems like it's the best medium because you know you get like with a comic book, you get like how many issues are there? Like eighty something issues, and you have yeah. to whittle all that down into a two-hour film. You know, there's no way you can do that and keep, you know... Everything. Everything, exactly. And with the TV show, you can at least get some of the basic basic uh, plots and stuff. Because I don't want to see a, a retread of what's in the comics. Because that was one of my one of my complaints about the Watchmen film. You know, a lot of people complained about the ending was changed. I was fine with the ending changing. It's just that having read the comic like two or three times, you know, the week leading up to... The movie, I could just sit there, you know, and knew exactly what was going to happen next, and knew exactly what everybody was going to say. Yeah, see, I agree with that. Is that honestly, people like people who give a lot of praise for the DC animated movies that are being put out right now, and they're good. Don't get me wrong, but I really like the original content more because I haven't, I haven't faced that. Like, it actually takes characters that I love and does something different with them. Like like Justice League Crisis on Two Earths, for instance, it's it's a loose adaptation of Earth Two, but it's not Earth Two. Like it's they do more with it. They have they have more fun with it, I think. And um, and with Watchmen, it it was more of like adapting everything that they could from the book, and then kind of changing one thing from the end that kind of I guess I guess set people off. I I don't really see what the big deal with that was. Yeah, I thought that, you know, just changing the end just a little more. To me, the the new ending made a little more sense yeah. than, than what the, the comic book had done. Yeah, I think it streamlined it, honestly. It, it all kind of fit within the confines, but that's that's another that's another thing. Um, Walking Dead, like you said, it's it's based off the comic book. It doesn't owe anything to the comic book. Yeah. 
Okay, so okay, it's time to get serious. Okay, because yes. we 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 we've we've been you know fooling around here. Yeah, exactly. On this, just, on this progress. It's time to get down to brass tacks, as it were. Okay, we're two fans of comic books, right? You know, uh, we're. I guess. I mean, I mean, that's all we've been talking about for the last. I don't know how many minutes it's been, but um, yeah, too long. So we know the galactic enemy entities known as uh, Galactus and Darkseid. Yes, yes. Galactus, devourer of worlds, Darkseid, despot with uh, bad skin. I guess. Yeah. Omega beans. You know. Yes, exactly. Ooh. They're bad for the. They're bad for the pores. That's <laughs> exactly. Um, so my question is, and, and this is very serious. Yes. Uh, my question is, who would you rather make love to, uh, Galactus or Darkseid? All right. Uh, first off, I have a counter question. Am I pitching or am I catching? Um. Uh, well, first of all, what would be your preference between the two? Uh. Are you are you more of a receiver or are you a or do you give more? I mostly take. Okay. Okay, so you're a receiver. <laughs> okay, so let's say the role was reversed and Darkseid or Galactus was a real big pussy, like uh-huh. like they wanted you to do all the work. Yeah. Um, in that event, what would be more? I guess to say, what would be more taxing? I don't know because you see, Galactus, you know, he's so big. I mean. He is, just, he is massive. He's the size of a galaxy. Darkseid's smaller, but I don't know. Just the, I think the whole skin thing's a turn off, you know, with him. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it'd be like uh, it'd be you know it'd be like fucking brimstone. Yeah, it, it it'd be like uh, making love to sandpaper. <laughs> um, whereas Galactus, mostly it's the size that's the issue. Otherwise, he's fine. Yeah. Like, Although he might eat you after it's over with. Yeah, yeah, there's that. But the but the thing is, is that if Darkseid shoots you with his Omega Beams, he can render you so that you've never existed. Yeah. He can render you with anti-life. Or you could just go back in time to caveman, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you, have come to, back. you have to go. You have to go through a whole thing. It's like you're a caveman yeah. first, and then you're a pirate and a cowboy. It's it's a whole big thing that ends with you, you know, possessed by technology or whatever. <laughs> whatever the hell, whatever the hell uh, that was. God I, bless you, Grant Morrison. Uh, and your and your crazy crazy drugs. Yes, but I would say I would vote for option C, and this is my standard option when it comes to any kind of homosexual no, but, relationship <laughs> involving comics. Okay. Dick Grayson, Dick Grayson. It's always going to be Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson. First off, for many reasons. First off, is the name. I mean, come on, the name. I mean, I mean, there's so much you can do with the name. It's exactly. like, uh, so um, I had Dick last night. You know, <laughs> Dick yes. was good. Dick, yes. Dick was Dick was fine. You know, um, a, a little rough at first, but you know, yeah, that's we, how Dick got is. It. it takes you a while to get acclimated to Dick. Yeah, but you know, there's the name. Also, he's in better shape than both those guys. You know, I mean, the dudes. Are, you know, comes from a family of acrobats. You know, yeah. there's no telling what you know he could possibly do. You know, yeah, to... there's there's all sorts of ways he can bend. 
Exactly. And also, uh, he seems like he's more like I was saying. Um, he's more of a you know he he's a giver, not a taker. You know, he he's very you know loving. I would say, I, or so I would speculate. This is no. This is not like something I've thought long and hard about. You know. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Nights. <laughs> Um, and, and plus, you know, he's shown a penchant for, you know, he, he likes to, he likes to take it as well. Yes. Or in the case of, uh, comic book, Financial. he gets taken. Yes, he gets taken. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. You can have your way with him. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Dick Grayson, Dick Grayson is a pretty good option. I would say my other option was, would be Reed Richards just because, well, I mean, no. Oh like, God, yeah, yeah. exactly. There, there's a lot you can do with that. It's it's like you have on one hand you have the smartest man in the Marvel universe who can go to any who can take you to any sort of like parallel dimension. Yeah, exactly. Wine and dine you in the fourth and fifth dimensions. Yeah, and, and the negative zone. Yes, and plus he's really stretchy. Exactly. Which is which? I think it was the point that you were trying to make. Yeah, I don't care about the other shit. Just you know, I was thinking from a pure animalistic point. Is it is it weird that we thought about this? You know, a few. I mean, many times. I mean, what isn't weird about us? To be honest. Yeah, that's true. I I will I will concede that. Yeah, and I think that's a good note to go out on. Yes, I would say so as well. Um, uh, tune in next week where we will uh, dissect. The, the, well, we'll we'll dissect the proclivities of um, having sex with many many men at once. Yes, exactly. In, in, in tight, colorful costumes. Yes. And also, I will properly demonstrate how to give a Hitler salute. You know, people have been doing it wrong for years, and I'll show you the proper way that's done. You got to put your, you got to put your arm into it. That's all it is. It's all arm work. There's a technique. Yes, there's a technique. Saying. Yeah. It's something that can be that has to be taught. You can't just know it. Okay. So that was this week's edition of uh, whatever the hell this is. Yes, exactly. You know, we need to go out in the style of the old Batman Batman TV show, you know, with the cliffhangers and the voiceover <laughs> guy. <laughs> yeah, we need to hire someone is what you're saying. Uh, will, will the dynamic duo get out of this one in time? Tune in next week. Same bird time. Same MB channel. 